0: Parkview, good to see you. Welcome, welcome this Labor Day weekend. Everybody, all around Chicagoland, all of our campuses, everybody uh, out at Homer Glen, hello to you. Everybody at New Linux, hello to you. I know at New Linux, I think uh, we've had a bunch of baptisms this week, a bunch of students as well. So, congratulations to those of you uh, starting out uh, and just stepping forward really in your faith with Jesus. Uh, in, in baptism, being public with that. That's exciting. Everybody around Orland, everybody online, uh, just glad, glad you're here as we continue on uh, in our time of study uh, this uh, kind of summer, fall uh, together. And as we gather up here today, I'm not sure uh, how you're coming into the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure how, what your day has been like, what your last week or two have been like. Maybe some of you have had a really good, really up week or two, and things are exciting. Some of you are getting kids back to school in the last few days and weeks, and so parents are excited. Maybe some of you are a little down because you sent some kids back to school, but they went into like a career or college, and they're moving away, and so you're kind of just, you know, down about that. So I'm not sure where you're coming in, really up or really down. I'll tell you this, for my life, over the last couple of weeks, there have been a lot of up and a lot of down. That's kind of the way life goes a lot of times, isn't it? Some up and some down, and some of you are saying, you're a pastor, you can have down, pastors have down. Pastors have down, uh, some up and some down. And uh, here's what I want us to know, no matter where you're coming in from, today's gonna be a good day because we've already been able to sing and point our hearts towards Jesus, but we're also gonna study his word today that has the power and the words to change our lives, our families, our minds, our purposes. And it's gonna be a good day as we dive into uh, the Word of God today. And if you've been around the last few weeks, you know that we've been in this uh, series here. Uh, This is how we do it, right? Okay, Uh, sorry, don't do that, (laughs) right? Thanks, Montel, right? Montel, wherever you are, I'll never sing your song again. Uh, But this is how we do it. And what we've been doing is we've been studying the book of Acts in the Bible, uh, by chapter, chapter, by chapter, by chapter, by chapter. And what we've seen over the last few weeks is in chapter one of Acts. Uh, Jesus has just uh, left this earth, he died, he came back to life, he spent a little time with people, and then he went back into heaven. And in Acts, it shows the start of the church. And in Acts chapter one, we recognize that God's people, these first century followers of Jesus, were kinda overwhelmed. They didn't know exactly what to do in Acts chapter one. They were just gathering up. By the time we get to Acts chapter two, The power and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, comes on these first century followers of Jesus, and they begin to gather and preach and talk about who Jesus is, and it's amazing. And by the time we get to Acts chapter 3, which is where we're going to be today, you see that one of the hallmarks of these first century followers of Jesus is that people in their city, in their neighborhoods, who were marginalized people who were forgotten about, overlooked, these people were noticed by these followers of Jesus, and they were cared for, and they begin to bring them hope, and they begin to bring them healing. In fact, what we're going to study today is really the miracle that launches the first church into the public eye in the city, and it has to do with hope, and it has to do with healing. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3, so if you have a Bible, if you have a smartphone, if you have a tablet, Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to be. Go ahead and find that however you locate scripture, things in the Bible these days. And while you're finding that, let me just ask you uh, this question to get us all going the same direction. Do you ever feel like your life is kind of ordinary? you ever feel like your days are kind of predictable and ordinary? It's kind of like you have one ordinary day after one ordinary day after another ordinary day. I bring that up because I think a lot of times I can resonate with that. And a lot of people I talk to Even around here at Parkview, on all of our campuses, I can resonate with that. We kind of have these ordinary days. And you know, if you have a bunch of ordinary days and you put those together, they turn into some pretty predictable weeks. And if you start stacking up predictable weeks, you get pretty normal month. You put 12 normal months together and it equals a pretty average year. And, And that's where a lot of us just feel like we are, right? That many of us feel like our lives, our days are... Kind of normal and not really out of the ordinary and that sort of thing. But for many of us, myself included, we feel like we wish we had some more extraordinary days, some more extraordinary moments, some, some, some just some little moments in our lives or with our kids or with our friends or at work or at school that were just a little more not so predictable. We kind of wish that as we added up all of our days on this earth, they would equal an extraordinary life a meaningful life to some people around us. And here's what I want you to know, if you feel that way at all, if you have that longing, what we're gonna study today in Acts chapter three is a life principle that any of us, if you choose, whether you're 16 or 26 or 76 years old, whether you come to church all the time or this is your first time back in church in a long time, what we're going to study today is a life principle that will allow any of us to have dozens and dozens, maybe even a hundred extraordinary days before you die. It's pretty incredible. Let's dive into this, okay? If you have your Bible, smartphone, tablet, Acts chapter three, verse one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Okay, let's pause right there. And I know some of you are thinking right now, Todd, okay, it's only verse one if we're going to pause. If you're going to pause all the time, we're not going to get very far, okay? So it's like, this is a study of the whole, you know, chapter. It's like, where are we going with this? You're pausing already, and it's one verse. And others of you are thinking, Todd, I don't even see what you're, why you're pausing because there's not a lot there. I mean, there's some guys who are going to church to pray. So like, why would we need to pause there? It seems pretty predictable. It seems pretty ordinary, pretty average. They're going to church to pray. And I would say to you, exactly, that's what I want us to notice. It's just a normal, ordinary day. Peter and John are headed to the temple, headed to the church to pray. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Good Jewish people would pray three times a day. They would go to the temple, they would go to church to pray. This was no big deal. This was the start of a very normal day. I'm sure Peter and John could walk to the temple blindfolded in their sleep this was very routine what's going on verse 2 now a man who had been crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day everybody say every day every day to beg from those going into the temple courts okay pause you're like seriously already pause again pause Again, ordinary, normal. This person's been crippled since birth, every day, being carried by friends up to the gate to beg, then he gets done, then they take him home, it's like, this is what I've been doing for a long time. Very normal, very ordinary. And this person, it says, has been crippled since birth, right? And so you have to begin to think, like, how long is that? And it says this is a man, so they're maybe not 10 or 12, maybe they're 20 or maybe 30 years old or something like that, maybe 35. How old do you think? If you go over one more chapter into the book of Acts chapter four, we're not quite there yet, but in Acts chapter four, it actually says that this man is 40, 40 years. People have been carrying him maybe for 35 of those years to the temple gate, sitting out there begging from people. This is a regular thing in his life for 40 years. Can you imagine that? That routine, needing healing, needing hope, for 40 years over and over and over, day after day after day. For some of you who were friends together on Instagram or Facebook or something like that through social media, that we're, you and I are friends, you know that my last few weeks, I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, have not been great. My personal last few weeks have been really down and really hard. Here's a picture of me just a, a couple of weeks ago. This is me, I was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital quite a bit for about... Uh, three or four days, and I know I look I actually look okay here for being in the hospital, right? and you're thinking I'm kind of even grinning, I'm kind of giving the duck face, you know, kind of thing, and I'm, you're kind of like, okay, and here, here's why I'm okay, because hospitals have great drugs, okay it's, it's like there's there's all kinds of things they were putting into me I'm very not accustomed to i mean i was I was giving the peace sign to everybody. Everybody in my room, it was like the 70s. I was like, everybody who came in was like, yeah, what do you want to do? I was feeling very good. But what happened was a couple weeks ago on our anniversary, Renee and I, who Renee here is with me is with me actually this weekend here, we were celebrating our 32nd anniversary uh, last weekend. It was pretty cool, right? I mean, so was, you see her, give her a big hug. Um, and we woke up the next morning, a little bed and breakfast. We were in for just one night and my side started to hurt. thought I'd pulled a muscle or something like that. We are getting ready to go on a walk, so I went and sat down on one of the chairs in the hotel room, and I started sweating and kind of getting, you know, a little dizzy and stuff like that, so I said, hey, let's not go on a walk. I think we need to look for like an urgent center or something like that, and then like two minutes later, I said, hey, forget the urgent center, call an ambulance, and it just like escalated like that, and I don't remember much else. I don't think I'd ever really been in an ambulance before then, and they cart me off. I go to the ER, and uh, getting in there, and all kinds of tests and narcotics and nausea and just a couple of brutal days and, and they found out I had kidney stones and so I go back and forth from home for several days trying to manage the pain I finally get back into the ER uh, a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning it's just it's it's too much and uh, they end up uh, saying taking a test and saying hey your right kidney has is stopping the kidney stone is letting it not function it's not really functioning you're going to surgery like now And so I go from the ER into the OR and surgery on Sunday afternoon. And I'm telling you, it was awful. It was terrible. So painful, the kidney stones. But one of the things that, and the reason I share this story with you, that went along with the kidney stones in my mind was messing me up just as much. And that is, I had hiccups for about four days. I could not get rid of the hiccups, and I'm constantly <laughs> hiccup, I couldn't sleep, I was hiccuping, I tried everything, you know, I had the peanut butter, I, I, I had, you know, um, all kinds of syrup, I tried to drink from the other side of the, you know, the cup, I was upside down, I had people scaring me, I was scaring myself, I just, it was just, I was trying to get rid of my, I couldn't get rid of them, and finally, I can remember, it was like a Sunday evening, and I'm sitting in our living room, not in the bedroom, because I, I was hiccuping, and of my wife to sleep, and I'm sitting on our couch, and I'm literally, because they hadn't gone away, and it was exhausting and painful. And I thought, "Is this how long is this going to be? Is this going to be for several days, several weeks? Is this going to be months? Is this never going to go away? I mean, how do do I do what I do? How do I preach with hiccups? I've never heard anybody say, have you seen? You see the hiccup preacher? I mean, the hiccup preacher? Wow. Unbelievable message from the hiccup preacher. I've never heard it. I've never heard that. And I was pretty (laughs) torn up about it. And what I was kept asking myself, I remember sitting on the couch saying, God, can can you heal me? Will you? And maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now in your life where you're saying, God, can you help me? God, can you heal me? And that was only me for like four days. This person we're studying today has been that way for 40 years. God, can you help me? God, can you heal me? This was very routine for him. It was very routine for Peter and John to be going to the temple to pray. But then look at what happens in verse three. Verse three changes the game. This is the crippled man. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, through the gates there, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. And the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly, the man's feet and his ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts and walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Incredible. He just begins to walk. For any of us walking, especially for Parents who have kids, one of the most incredible moments in a kid's life, in a family's life, is this moment. Take a look up on the screen here. (laughs) All right? All right? This is what we want. (laughs) When your kid walks, it's just incredible. It's just amazing. But what I want us to realize is the man that we're studying today in this story, his parents never saw that. They waited for him to walk, and, and they waited, maybe he was six or twelve or eighteen or twenty four or thirty six months old and they 're waiting for him to walk and they 're waiting for him to walk and they 're waiting and he never does, never walks, so they start carrying him outside the church to beg from people, and then all of a sudden, one day, Peter reaches out and he grabs his right hand, and suddenly, not over time, not gradually, but instantly, his legs are strengthened and his ankles, and he begins to jump, and he begins to walk and And people watching this, don't you just put yourself in this story. Put yourself for just a moment in this first century story. People who are watching this at the temple day after day and week after week and month after month and decade after decade have to be rubbing their eyes and saying, what? Can you believe what we're seeing? I mean, that's the beautiful gate guy, right? That's the guy who's always at the beautiful gate. What is happening? He's walking, he's jumping, he's leaping, he's praising God. And listen, Parkview, what started out as a day that was so very vanilla, ordinary, by the end of the day, people were in awe and filled with wonder and amazement. And I'll tell you this, for me, I want more of those extraordinary days in my one and only life. I wanna help people find hope and help people find healing, And, and I want us, Parkview, to be a healing church that brings people hope in their lives. And helps people. So the question is this How do we take our ordinary days that so many of us live and turn them into extraordinary days? How does that happen? There are several things right here in this story that will help you and I do that as we head into a new week. So if you're taking notes, if you want to take a picture of the screen, here's the first thing we need to do we must have our eyes open and seek God moments in. Our everyday lives. One of the things I want us to remember again about Peter and John is that this was just a same old place for them. This was a regular old day. They were going to the same old place that they had gone for many, many years. But they are going to this regular place with a whole new purpose, right? What had happened is over the last few months, over the last few years, they had met Jesus and Jesus had turned around their life. So they were still going to church, they were still going to the temple, but the place that they used to go out of obligation, the place that they used to go, the temple or the church, where they used to go because of religion, they are now going because of a relationship. They'd met Jesus. And so they're going to the same place with a whole different purpose and eyes. And for some of you, that's your story. As you were growing up, maybe you went to church more out of obligation, if you're honest. This is what our family does. This is what my parents want me to do. This is what my grandparents and we go Christmas and Easter or we go for some baptisms or some people's birthdays. It makes my parents happy, it makes the priest happy. And for a lot of your life, if you're honest, you went to church because of religion. Is what you should do. But maybe over the last few months or years, you met Jesus. You met Jesus somewhere. And so now when you come to church, even like Parkview this weekend, you're not coming here because of religion. You're coming here because of a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus has changed your life in some way and has brought you hope and healing. And I would say this to you. It is a relationship with Jesus, not just religion that helps you and I see new opportunities in the same old places. We have a different purpose We have different eyes for how we see our world. What I'm saying is if you want to experience, if I want to experience more extraordinary days, you don't even really have to change your routine. You don't have to change your schedule a whole lot. You can still visit the same old places but with a whole new purpose and new eyes. You can go to the same school, that you went to last week or last year. You can go to the same old job, the same old grocery store, gas station, the same old coffee shop. You can go to the same places, but see and be experiencing new things when we go with those new eyes and that relationship of Jesus on our heart and mind. Here's my belief for your life, for my life. My belief is that our days, every one of us are full of people who need to experience the power and the presence of God. Our days are full of them, but we have to have our eyes open and be ready looking for them and to see them. Peter and John had gone to this same place for years and years and years and years and years and and gone right by this person because they were going there for different places to pray and for religion. Then they meet Jesus, they go to the same place again and they see the man who certainly had been there before. We go to a new place, or same place with a new purpose. And, and one other thing about this, this idea of bringing help and hope and healing to people, my guess is these moments that are coming up in your life this week or next week or whenever are not already scheduled on your calendar, right? I doubt if any of you have on your calendar already at home or on your phone here today. If you look at your phone, I doubt if any of you have on your phone, hey, today at 435, Be ready to embrace some extraordinary moments. I doubt if that's on your phone. I doubt if anybody has on their phone, tomorrow morning, 6.35, go get coffee and get ready for something amazing. I doubt it. I doubt if it's there. These moments that God brings into your life are probably going to be intrusions into your life. They're going to be interruptions into your day that you and I have to be open and ready for. Here's what I'm saying if you're taking notes or want to take a picture of this. God is typically not going to telegraph or tell you in advance the help and hope and healing moments in your life. He's just not. You know why? Here's why. Because if you and I always knew what God was going to do, we would probably just mess it up. We'd probably mess up what God was going to do. Let let me just show you right from Acts chapter three that we've studied already today that we've read. Let's just say this, let's say in verse one. Verse one of Acts chapter three, God got Peter and John's attention and he spoke to them or he gave Peter a vision and he said, Peter, In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, he said, Peter, today, you're getting ready to go to the temple. You're getting ready to go to church like you always do. You're going to go at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, probably right. That's what you always do. When you go to the temple today, there's going to be a man there, and he's going to ask you for money. I, I just want you to be aware. Now, what would have happened if God had made Peter previously aware of that experience that was getting ready to happen? Do you know what Peter would have done before he headed to the temple? He had done the same thing that you and I would do. He'd grab his wallet. He'd get some money because God had said, hey, when you go to the temple today, you're going to meet somebody who needs some money. And so, hey, I better grab some money. I better grab my wallet. That's what he would have done. And listen, when this crippled man had asked him for money, Peter then would have given him some change and there would have been no change. Right? Am I right? Let me say it again. If he had known what was coming, he would have grabbed his wallet, and when the guy asked for some change, he would have given him some change, and there would have been no change. There would have been no healing. If Peter had known what was coming, he probably would have just messed it up because he would have given this man what he wanted, not what he needed. And if you knew what God was getting ready to do tomorrow, too. If I knew what God was getting ready to do, we might just mess it up. So here's part of the learning for us. And that is just to don't try and get in front of God. Don't try and orchestrate these extraordinary moments. Just as we head out of here this weekend, just begin to walk with God with a new purpose. And say, God, I I trust that you have people in front of me, wherever I may be, just in my regular old day, that I can bring some hope, a kind word into their life. Just begin to realize that. Here's another thing we can pull from this for our lives today is realize that you are not bound by what you were born with, amen? You are not. Jesus is bigger than your genetics. We see that in the story today. Jesus is bigger than your finances. He's bigger than your occupation. He's bigger than your lack of education. He's bigger than your marriage. He's bigger than your family tree. I've been reading the book of Acts chapter three over and over and over the last week or two, getting ready for us to talk about it today. And the word I really can't get past and that keeps sticking out to me and that I have underlined in my Bible and circled and all that is in verse seven. It's the word instantly, instantly. Listen, friends, God can do in a moment what he wants to do in your life. This man had been crippled for decades and it was undone instantly. And maybe here's what you need to hear today. This is why God has brought you on campus or online today. It's to hear this Who you have always been is not who you must continue to be. Who you have always been is not who you must continue to be. God can do in a minute what you and I could not do in a month. When you come into a relationship with Jesus and you really begin by faith, just by faith to begin to walk with Jesus, it can change around your life and how you live and how you see things. Here's what I'm saying. Let me bring it just as, as right into our world as I can today. Who you were earlier this morning Maybe you don't even like who you were earlier today. Who you were earlier this morning is not who you have to continue to be this afternoon. Because you can have fresh eyes and perspective through Jesus. And he can bring hope and healing into your life emotionally. Who you have been last week is not who you must continue to be this coming week. 2 Corinthians in the Bible says, if we're in Jesus, we are a new creation. And listen, I would just say to you that if God brings hope or, or healing into your life this week, and there's lots of kinds of healing, right? There's the physical healing. Maybe some of you need that, like the man we're studying today. Maybe you need physical healing, and maybe God's going to do that. But there's also relational healing with some of your friendships, maybe, or your marriage or something like that. There's emotional healing because of everything that's gone on over the last few years, that God helps put you back together on the inside. There's all kinds of healing that God can bring into your life and if God does that for you or if God does that through you for someone else here's what I want us to be quick to remember if God brings this kind of extraordinary day into your life when that happens be really quick to point people to Jesus to to give God praise for that to let them let people know that God is doing something amazing here I love Peter and John. We're not gonna to get too much into this because I think Pastor Tim's gonna get into this in another week or two or something like that. And I don't really wanna get on Pastor Tim's thing because he'll get mad at me and stuff like that. So anyway, don't, don't, tell him we're, don't tell him we're going further in chapter three, but we are going a little further in chapter three, just don't tell Tim, okay? So a <clears throat> little further in chapter three, just a little ways further, uh, Peter and John, all these people around start quizzing them about this healing because they've seen this for decades, right? And so they start saying, hey, what's this, what's this? Well, here's what I love. Here's what Peter does not do. When people start quizzing them, Peter does not say, yep, it was crazy. It was wild. We've all seen this guy before. Here's what I started thinking. I started thinking, I'm healing him. I'm doing this, man. This is long enough. And so I reached out and he gave me his right hand. The right hand is the key. Anyone want to be healed? Give me your right hand. I'll do it right now. You know, that's all what Peter did. That is not what he did. Here's what Peter did. Check this out. Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith In Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Peter said, yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing. It was extraordinary. And here's the thing. God did that. And I would say to you and I, if we want to experience things like that, we need to be ready to give God the praise and the glory. When people want to give you a high five and a shout out, say, no, 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 no. No, it's not not about me. It's about what God has done in this moment. Give Jesus that praise. And then here's one last thought. One last thing I want us to think about. I don't have a slide for this, um, but I think it's really important for us to consider. And that is that the miracle that launched that first church into the city in our world was done outside the gates of the church not inside the church. Peter and John experienced the power and the presence of God out in the parking lot, not inside the church. It was outside the gate before people were even getting into the temple courts and even getting into the temple. They experienced his power and presence out in the parking lot. And here's, here's, what, I, here's what I'm thinking is probably gonna happen with you and me. The most extraordinary thing, the most powerful thing that happens in each of your lives this coming week is probably not going to be something that happens in here. It's going to be something that happens out there, outside the gates, outside this auditorium, in the parking lot, in the community that you live in, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace, outside the walls of this church. There's people that God wants us to be aware of, to bring help and healing to them and to experience that ordinary day or that extraordinary day. So here's the next step. Here's the last thing for us. We walk out into a new week. Would you do this? Would you just make a kind of a commitment right now to say, hey, I'm gonna give this a shot this week. Just stay open. Just stay open to bringing help, hope, some sort of healing into someone's life this week. Keep going to your regular old places. You don't really need to change your calendar at all. Just go do those things with new eyes and a new focus on Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks so much for your, for your word and for just how incredibly applicable it is to our lives. Thanks for this normal, average, ordinary day that Peter and John see turned into an amazing, extraordinary day just because they were, had their eyes up, looking around, had confidence, God, in you in your spirit that lives in us. God, we are told that if we've given our lives to you, if we've been baptized into you, surrendered our lives to you, that your Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of us. And if we'll keep our eyes open, we can have a lot of these amazing moments where we can point people to you. God, thanks for this study today. Thanks for this reminder. Thanks for your son, Jesus, who's given his life for us. We love him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. Amen.